life's too short for crap marketing. The Got Marketing Podcast is for marketers, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want marketing that's fun, accessible, and meaningful. Join me, Mia Feilman, for inspired chats with my favorite marketing insiders about marketing that works, campaigns that inspire, and the fads, fakery, and false profits to avoid. Welcome to a really special episode of the Got Marketing podcast, which is being recorded and filmed in a production studio. Since I've got your attention, I just want to remind you to hit that subscribe button and keep the good marketing rolling. Today, we are talking about how to work with a production team for your campaigns. And so I'm here with Tiffany Manzi, who is the Chief Executive and Producer at Global Headquarters. Thank you so much for hosting me today. Oh, welcome. It's all very serious, isn't it? Oh, it's so fancy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's From my home office to like this whole set. <laughs> what you can do with the studio. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I was really excited about this episode today because a lot of our listeners are planning campaigns and it's always that sort of difficult thing working with a production team if you've never done it before. They speak a different language. It's a whole other list of jargon and vocabulary that you need to learn. So I guess where I'd love to start today is busting some myths about your industry and working with a production team? Well, yes, that's exactly right. There are so many myths out there. And the big one is, is that it is difficult and it's a different language. It is the job of the production company to be able to speak in a way that really works for you and that you understand what we can do to help you with your messaging. There are so many myths. Some We get people that will ring and say, I need you to come and film something. It's just going to take 10 minutes. It's all we need is a 10-minute shoot. Nothing is 10 minutes. It takes an hour to get kit organised and ready. It takes travel time to get where we're going. Then we have to film it. But what about the pre-production? And that's a big one that everybody forgets about. Pre-production is possibly the most vital part of the whole whole game. Um, There are myths around um, how many people need to be on set what is a set? Where are we doing this? Um, my favourite one is wardrobe and people, oh, yes, I know that I can't have this pattern because it's going to strobe and this colour and it's really quite cute, the different things that people come up with. So there's so many myths and it's very much, um, obviously our industry is kind of influenced from Hollywood, right, and, and mm. movies. So people are kind of educating themselves obviously from what they're watching in the movies or what they're seeing in media and they're taking that on board as to what what happens with the production but often it can be a little bit different. Yeah sure one of the myths that I've heard recently is that you can't shoot a social media video so portrait with a professional camera and I had to have a little chuckle at that so what say you it's so cute isn't it and maybe they think that we can but we turn the camera sideways oh my god (laughs) we've had all of those yeah okay no that's not how it works so we work in a in an aspect ratio we call it which Mm -hmm. is the rectangle which is 16-9 and in that our um, camera operators are completely trained and it's their craft and their skill to work within the thirds and and when they're trained they're actually thirds on the screen so what 916 is is social media it's that it's that um, vertical rectangle and what they do is that they just 
make sure the primary activity of what's happening in that scene is actually in that middle third. And they've been doing that since the 100 years of television and film have been working within their thirds of the screen. And that's all it is, is just making sure they're focusing that the primary is in the middle third of that screen. Right, so you don't tape the camera with masking tape to... <laughs> or turn it sideways? No. no. But, but if you were on site, um, if we're on shoot and we have a director's monitor, um, certainly what we do is we put up, we have grid marks that come on the monitor to show you exactly where that primary, that middle third is so that you can actually see what's being filmed and really get a good idea of what is actually going to be in that middle third. Yeah, right. Okay, great. So Global Headquarters, you're the leading video production company here in the Northern Territory. So what is your sort of scope of work? Like what kind of projects do you do here? Because it's, it's, quite broad, right? Exactly. And that's why we came up with the name Global Headquarters, because we are remote. We're in Darwin in the Northern Territory, but we work, our clients range from right across Australia over to the UK. We do a lot of work in America for American production companies. And we also obviously have our client base here in the Territory. Uh, we are a boutique production company in that we have that high-end broadcast quality equipment and skilled staff um, to be able to do the high-end work that comes our way. Um, we used to live in Sydney and my husband was a camera operator in Sydney and we decided that we were going to move to the Territory because it became very obvious to us that um, we didn't need to be on the eastern seaboard to actually stay in our industry and work in our industry. So we are very Global Headquarters is very adept at working remotely. We've got all the skills and tricks up our sleeve for working in what is an incredible environment, but a very harsh one, harsh one yeah. to work in. And um, it also means that all of our clients in the Territory are getting top-notch, high-end production quality value, but not having to go to the Eastern Seaboard to actually access that. And when you say high-end production, what does that mean? Does that mean like TV shows or does that mean like television campaigns? Like what 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 is the definition of high end in your, in yeah. your game? Well, in a small market like this, we do cover the full gambit. So yeah. right from we do live crosses for news. So anything that you see on Sunrise or on SBS or NITV or any of those networks or 10, um, that's coming from us. If it's in the northern region of, of Australia, we're doing that. We also do corporate um, video type activities for people. We do um, TVCs, the, the brand television commercials. We, we tend to try to stay into a very um, full campaign type of TVC environment. Um, and we're doing a lot of digital content work as well because that's where the market is asking for a lot of that so that so we work in that space we also do a lot of um, documentary editing post-production and filming um, in drama and documentaries mainly for commissioned work so mm -hmm. production houses that are coming to us to get us to film and do post on their work for them yeah and that's how we got to working together um, we started collaborating on government campaigns and I was doing the campaign concepting and the creative and then 
global headquarters were brought in to do the production. And so we've actually been working together now. I, I thought about this coming into today for long eight time. years. Eight <laughs> years. a long time. Yeah, and I still don't know half of what you're talking about. So it's good to educate myself in this process as well. So you mentioned earlier pre-production, and I definitely this is definitely something that I say that we follow the 80-20 rule of pre-production to production. But if you could take me through the different stages of production, that would be really helpful. What happens in pre-production? What happens in production and then post-production? You're absolutely right. 80% of the whole job is pre-production and that's how you actually have a brilliant shoot. So um, it all comes down to pre-production where the very first questions are, who's your audience mm. and what are we telling them? What do you want them to know from what we're filming? Um, in pre-production, we're looking at things like treatment, mm. how you would like it to look, the end product to look, how are we going to film that for you so that it looks the way you want it to be? Um, we're going to look at, do you want talent? you know, like actors or is it yourself or maybe a client or who are we going to put in this piece that we're filming for you? Mm. Uh, we get down to scripting. Now, that might not necessarily be, say it's a testimonial from one of your um, clients that you want to go in there. We kind of what we call ghost script. So we know the golden points that you want them to hit and so we can get that out of them when we go to, to film them. Um, right down to the scripting and then even into the graphics and animation. So what's what look do you want? What's your style guide? How are we going to incorporate that into the piece? What what elements are we going to put into, into what we're doing? And then it's down to what cameras are we using? How long is this shoot going to take? What kind of music are we going to put with this? We the whole the whole gambit is planned for and thought about before we even we even take a step to going on set. And so yeah, like this there is that misconception that the video production team just rock up and, and just start filming and then it's all on the client or the customer to do all that pre-production work. But what people, I guess, don't know is that you are the creatives. Like this is a creative field, right? Yeah, look, I think I, I, I have this thing that I always say. My client has a language, a corporate language. They've got their corporate intelligence mm. that they're bringing to the party. It's my job to learn that, to be able to get the message out using their corporate language and, and their understanding. It's not for my client to have to learn my language and what we're doing. We are, we've got the tools and the skills to be able to, to, to create what we need to to get that that language across to so that um, what is going out is not something that the client should feel very intimately like this is something that is absolutely me this mm. is absolutely what I'm wanting to say about my business this is exactly what we as a company are all about and feel an incredible amount of pride with whatever it is that we've made not necessarily feel one step away from it and going oh that looks nice kind of mm. kind of says what I want it to say so your job is to translate their vision, not to impose your vision on them. Is that what? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Okay. And look, it can be often people will come to us and say, great idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, is it? <laughs> okay, yeah. But they do. And that's fair enough because they've seen something and thought, this is really going to work for me. Mm -hmm. uh, we go to, how many times do we go to hair salons and say to the stylist, 
I want that. Mm. And it's their job to say, oh, different shape face, different, you know. And it's our job to say, that's so cool. That is a great treatment. Mm. And we can work within that treatment. But how about we do this? Or can I give you an example of like this? And just moulding everything. Again, understanding their corporate intelligence and knowledge and language to make sure we're getting back out exactly what's tailor-made for them. And that's all in pre-production, as you said. All in pre-production. Yeah, exactly. And what if the client doesn't have a vision? They just have a set of objectives and it's like, look, it's our 60th birthday and we need to get the message out there and we need to sell some insurance. But, you know, they're not creative and they don't know how to bring that to life. Is that... Is that something that you do as well? That's our super favourite client yeah, yeah, ever okay. <laughs> because what that enables us to do is come up with some ideas, never one, usually about three ideas mm. and say, what do you think about these? And this is why we could shoot something like this or put it together like that. What do you think of that? And it's really, it's a very much a two-way street, not that they have to understand what we do, but they can give us feedback like, I hate that. I never want to see that kind mm. of thing. Or they can say, oh, no, with our company, we prefer to have da-da. So we can then move it along. But it's a, they're our favourite kind of client because that gives us the creative licence to be able to present ideas to them for them to give us feedback on. Yeah, same. Absolutely, yeah. for sure. So for people who may not have had experience working with the production team or thinking about doing it for their next campaign, what would you say are some of the best ways to work with a production team like yours? It really is um, It really is about having an initial meeting mm. and talking it through. Know your budget mm. um, and have that initial conversation. And it's, it's, it can be daunting, of course, anything where you're not kind of in that wheelhouse, it's really daunting to try and step into it, right? Mm. But have that first meeting and chat about what it is that you, you're wanting. Or sometimes a lot of clients don't really know if they want a 60-second, a 30-second or a 15-second. Do I want it to go on TikTok? Do I want it to go on socials? A lot of the time the, uh, mm. that decision is still not there. But I know I need to communicate in video and mm. I know this is what I want to communicate through video so it's about have that meeting and just talk through that your production company is going to sit down and say oh okay so who are you trying to talk to who what are you, what messaging are you trying to get out what's what's the plumb line you know what's the real message that you want to get out mm. um and if they've been working with someone's like yourself they'll have an idea of where where they want things to go and then you can start to develop what we call devices, they mm. end up getting out of the project. And I think one of the key things to think about is that you might get one thing made, but you've got all of this footage that has been filmed. So that's all your asset. So you're investing in your own business with visual asset that you've got. So you could turn that around and say you made a 30-second TVC for television, for free-to-air television. You could turn around and in a month's time say, look, I want to make a 15-second social for Instagram. And that can be cut down and that can be – you can use that footage to change it. So it's not always about – big, heavy production, pre-production, going into post. You can you can start to use, once you build up that visual asset library, you've got, you've got a lot of um, locket in your back pocket that you can play with. I'm so glad you said that because that's definitely where, you know, each entrepreneur has their quirks about where they spend money. And some people are like, 
you know, they love to spend money on fancy tech or they like to have it on, you know, cool apps and subscriptions. Mine is 100% on campaign videos. Like I, my first campaign was 15 grand, second one was five grand and the last one was $1,200. But like, that's a lot of money for a small business, uh, you know, to invest. But those campaigns have built my brand. Like we still have people coming to us who have seen the gurus we deserve for the first time and being like, oh my God, was that, was that you? And I'm like, yep, that's us. So I, I, I love that you said that it is an investment and that it is an asset in your business when it's done mm. properly, right? Can you answer a big question for me, which I've sort of been a little bit embarrassed to ask, but why are there so many people on a production set? Like, what do they all do? <laughs> it looks pretty dramatic, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> Look, it's... Um, it varies and there is, um, our industry has been around for just over 100 years, right, and it was very structured and, and, and obviously is based around film. So there are a lot of traditional roles that are filled and it, it, it does, it's because there are a lot of different buttons to push, cameras to hold, lights to fix, all of that kind of thing, someone to make sure there's continuity, all of that type of thing. So that's it. One set of eyes can't do it all. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we've got our. Um, we've well, you we start with your director or producer, um, and that that title swivels. Mm -hmm. Depends on what it is. If it's a television commercial, they're a tele they're a producer. If it's a documentary, they're a director. Mm -hmm. It changes. We've got creative directors might be there where you've engaged an agency and they come and make sure that the scene is exactly just so. Mm -hmm. um, then you have your crew and your crew are your camera operators or your directors of photography mm -hmm. um, and they often will have a camera assistant. Mm -hmm. You may have a sound tech or a sound recordist on set, that person is there to, and usually it's because they're using an external mixer. So they're recording lots of different audio from different people and recording it and mixing it. So each line, each person has their own line of recording. Um, you have, then you've got your camera assistants, as I say, you've got an assistant producer who may be around, who's making sure you might have a lot of talent coming at different times or you might be going to lots of different locations where that assistant producer will ring them and say, we're coming in 10 minutes or we're running late. They organise where lunch is so that you, because time is money, right? Mm. So they make sure catering is where it needs to be, when it needs to be. And they, they, all of these roles tend to be on your bigger, chunkier productions. So there are a lot of people that are on set, but they all have pretty important jobs to do. Got Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar, a marketing education platform for marketers and entrepreneurs. Learn practical, repeatable and actionable steps to market with confidence. Nail your email marketing strategy or join Campaign Classroom and learn to create memorable and effective marketing campaigns. These are not the kind of online programs where you are left floundering, unsure how to put theory into practice, nor will these programs sit unfinished for months. You can expect hands-on, tailored advice, accountability and a supportive community and you will walk away with lifelong marketing skills. Learn more at campaigndelmar.com. I think it's because there's no do-over, right? You can't you, you go to so much trouble to plan the shoot and you've got the location, you've got the talent 
um, you've got everyone in the same room, you can't be like, oh, well, we've forgotten a cable. Um, and so we're just going to have to postpone this and do it again tomorrow. Like that's not how it works. So there's no do-overs. So you have to make sure that absolutely everything is present and accounted for and that, you know, everything is is happening because, yeah, they're like you can't just do it again tomorrow. That's yeah. Well, exactly. Well, you can do it again tomorrow, but it's going to cost you exactly the same amount of money as it cost you for today. Yeah. And that's the thing. It, it, can, it's, it can be an expensive waste of time. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really eliminating every element, thing that could go wrong, you try to eliminate and cater for that so that everything goes right. It could be, we could be filming and it's happened with a shoot for you where we're filming outside and the lawnmower is going. Mm, yeah, that's right. Oh, that was a, that's a good story. We should talk about that, about how we shot Make Marketing Great Again together down in Darwin City and it's very close to the Navy base at, at Larrakia and we just couldn't get the microphone packs to work and it was we figured out that it was probably because the Navy was scrambling the microphones and who would have thunk it, right? <laughs> exactly. Like you can plan for everything. <laughs> That's right. And then stuff still happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. great. And then the lawnmower, the ride-on lawnmower yeah. in the parklands. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's the sort of stuff that would happen. But but a production crew are the people that have no qualms with politely going over to the council guy right on the motor saying, could you just stop for a little while? Where your average bear would never dream of telling somebody to be yeah. quiet when they're doing their job. But we will do that just because, yeah, it's it's expensive to do it all again. Yeah, totally. My, one of my favourite photos from that shoot was um, we had big campaign posters on a, like on a, with a stick that you would put into the ground and there's a photo of you and you've grabbed something out of the kit and you're hammering it down into the grass and I'm just like, she's taking out some frustration <laughs> at the moment <laughs> into this. Amazing. So what your industry is changing completely like as we've spoken about it's gone from television commercials which you know nowhere near as many brands I actually saw a really good stat that says that 56 percent of all marketing budgets are now being spent in digital mm. um, and so that's you know ad digital advertising but also predominantly social media is the number one part of that budget so it used to be completely the other way around where you know 70% of budgets were spent on offline you know television commercials billboards radio and now it's completely shifted so what does that mean for you and what what other shifts are you seeing in your in your industry and how are you as as a production company adapting to that Yes, our industry is changing constantly, right down to the cameras. Mm. I mean, we're refreshing cameras constantly because of that. Mm. Um, but mainly the digital spaces and the content generation for the digital space is very much a huge shift and we all know that that's the case. It's really important, but there's, there's kind of a, there is a layover of what, what is happening in so far as um, socials and digital content corporates like hero videos and things that are going being sent in edms and all kinds there's so many different ways content is being used so the the aim of the game is to um, make sure that we're keeping on top of what is relevant content and what is comfortable for the audience that are watching what you want to say mm -hmm. um, there are, and we've just talked about all of the roles that happen on a big, chunky film shoot. Well, now there's a need to be adaptable and very much people are wanting to have that um, 
relatable in situ type of videos being made as well. So we, for example, and it actually was born out of COVID when all companies started to hibernate, we came up with a, con a product called Digital Motion. And the reason Digital Motion came about was because I was dying inside that these incredible companies that we had worked for, they all went into hibernation. And to stay relevant and to stay in the minds of their customers, they were making their own videos with terrible audio and posting that out there. So what we did was we came up with Digital Motion, which is a very efficient one camera operator. You are actually the director. You do your own, mm -hmm. you work out your own content and you get a professional broadcast camera and a professional skilled DOP mm. out to you and you film what needs to be filmed. It's audio is great mm. because audio is everything mm. with video. Mm. I know that sounds strange, but it really is. So get that done and then we can turn it around within a 48 hour period and you can have it back so that you can pop it on socials or wherever you want. We can even do it in all of the different aspect ratios that you might need for all of the different places that you want to put it. And asking for a friend, how much would that sort of set someone back? Starts at 2000. Oh my, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. That's yep. amazing. Right. So good. Two hours. Okay. They're out there with you. And not only that, remember, you've got some video, vision content there. You've mm. got asset already. So you might even be able to later just add another digital motion onto that, but you can create four or five different things throughout the year. So that content generation and being logical and how that works for the client is something that's an example of a product that we make available. So they don't feel like they have to shoot it on their phone and then spend hours. I just, I have so many clients who say, oh, the cold sweat of 15 hours of trying to edit this thing together. It's not my wheelhouse. Why? Exactly. What? You know, um, exactly. That we take that all away. Yeah, I think that's such a clever product in response to the just the demand of video content that you have now. I, I heard something really clever being said, which is that if content is king, video is the master of the universe. Like that is the world that we're living in with TikTok and Instagram, but it is a hungry beast. Whereas back in the day, you could record a 30 second television commercial and then just flog that to death you know, through whatever, you know, mash episodes and just play that same creative time after time. Now you've got to come up with new content every single day for social media and it's just so hungry. So this idea that you can, you know, go and get that bank of content and, and have it, because like you said, people will put up with a lot, but they will not put up with shaky visuals and crappy audio. Yeah. Yeah. It just... It's such a shame because it yeah. just ruins the message. Totally. And um, what about this? Like what we're doing right now, recording podcasts, not just as the audio, but also as the video. That's like, that's the biggest trend I've seen in 2023. 100%. And we have a studio here in site in our Winelli Studios. So exactly that, content mm. gatherers can come in here and actually get set. They can put up whatever set they want. Mm. And um, we can get it recorded for oh, them. I love the shameless plug. I love know. it, yeah. Well, so they're not even in the heat. I could go on. I could go on. <laughs> could you? <laughs> Amazing. Um, so we're, we're getting close to wrapping up this episode, but there's a few things that I would love your help explaining because I just have not been able to. Um, breaking the fourth wall. What is that? How do you explain that? And, wh and when should you use that? How to explain it? Yeah. So, 
what happens is the audience is watching. There's, there's de again, treatments. So mm -hmm. the audience is watching and they're observing what we're doing as fly on the wall type of thing. But as soon as I go like this and start talking at the audience, I've broken the fourth wall. All of a right. sudden the audience is going, oh, oh. Right. And that's a, a deliberate technique sometimes and can be kind of cool to say don't pay attention. Mm. But that's what breaking the fourth wall is. Right. So you're, the audience is a spectator to the action, but then something happens and they turn and they address the audience and then that's sort of... Funky. Funky, yeah. Try it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so come to think of it, do you know who does that all the time is the office. Exactly. Right, 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 right. Okay, so it's that. So every time Jim turns to camera and he rolls his eyes because of something that Steve Carell did, then, yeah, that's okay. So that's breaking the and floor. That's, and that can be, a re they use it as a relatability tool. So it's kind of like you and I have got a private thing going, she doesn't understand what's happening. Right. And that's where you can draw your audience in. So many clever things you can do with video. Oh, tell me more. Uh, honestly, this is what, like, this is what really, like, turns me on. So, so do you know, do you yeah. know the angles? Angles right. is another one that's okay. really fun. Like, okay. so it's 101 when you go to media school. But um, if you are shooting down and up, you are making somebody almost an authoritarian type of vibe mm -hmm. and they're good and they're authoritarian. If you shoot down on somebody, that makes them more inferior and just by positioning it, it puts them in a lesser position when you're interpreting that as, a, as an audience and when they're front on. So that all news, all interviews, all everything, we're right on the eye line so that there's that equality, there's that mm. sense of... So there's so many things you can play with and I guess that comes down to the difference between self-shooting things and having a um, qualified, skilled technician like a DOP and a producer on board to help you just with simple treatments like that, work out exactly how you want something to work. Yeah, totally. I remember with Make Marketing Great Again, we had like a wide shot that was like an establishing shot for context because otherwise if you're really tight in on someone, you don't understand that what's going on around them. So we need to have that shot where you see oh, okay, it looks like there's a podium and that someone's going to speak at the podium and there's an audience and there's some microphones. So maybe this looks a little bit like a press interview. So it sets the scene. But then during some of the like really emotional times of the speech, Simon, your DOP, he really like came right close. Like you could see my nasal hairs. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was like, because that, you know, that's where you can really see someone's eyes and the emotion and all of that adds to the yeah the the emotion and the story getting the story across right exactly exactly yeah. and how then the editors put that together with the perfect timing to make sure that it all makes sense yeah okay we haven't spoken about post production actually oh, so no, yeah. all things all right all right so yeah <laughs> shout, shout out to the editors all right yeah so what what happens then okay so we we've we've done eighty percent pre production we've rocked up on the day. Um, we've got all the kit, it's, you know, there's a million people on set all doing their things to make sure that we get exactly what we came for, then what happens? So what happens then is all of the footage is brought back into the studio and processed and ingested. Mm -hmm. um, then it's, it's also checked to make sure there's no glitches or anything's wrong with it. Um, then that goes into the edit suite. Now the producer or director will then have a meeting with the editors and 
think of it like a handover almost. Mm. They, they sit with the script or whatever. The editors aren't new to the game at this stage. They've been involved in pre-production. Mm. They've sat in all of those meetings and those those whip meetings where we've talked about how should we shoot this, what do you think, and they've they've given their two cents worth as to how they would like things to be filmed or or ways things can be said because they're starting to get a vision of how they're going to cut it. So they actually start in pre-production with us. Yeah. Uh, once it's with them, the director of, uh, will sit in with them and have a meeting and a handover, talk about what didn't quite go to plan on set or a really good reason why they went in a different, slightly different way because there was an op opportunistic moment in the environment that we shot it this way because it was so much better. Mm. All of that kind of stuff gets handed over and then the editor will start to put together an assembly version, which is usually version one. Now, assembly versions, clients uh, clients can have heart attacks because they the whole point of an assembly version is to put together the story and the audio to make sure that that's the messaging. Things like colour grading, things like making sure that cut is seamless, yeah. all of those types of things, that's money. Edit time is money again. Mm -hmm. So we sticky tape it all together for you. You have a look at it and say, yeah, that's saying exactly what I want. And then we start the beautification process, the, the audio sweetening, all of that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. so we have a system in post-production which is offline, online. Offline is where we're pulling all of the pieces together and you might say, no, I, didn't, I don't want that statement in there. Can you put this other statement in there? Mm. So that's when all that happens. And then we go into audio sweetening, colour correcting, all of that type of stuff. Mm. But you can be as involved as you want in that process. And we, we send versions to our clients so that they can have a look at it. They can literally click on a shot and put a comment in there if they want to. So that's very, um, it's a very two-way street. You're still part of the process. Yeah, I've used that. That's super handy because like instead of having to go and like move the little twiggly thing and be like, oh, 0 0.48 seconds, you can just click and then it just comes up with a comment and it timestamps it without you having to like try to find that second to leave that comment. So um, how much editing for how much shooting? So if you have an, if you want a 90 second output, how much footage do you need to get a 90 second output? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it, it, it depends, mm. but it's a half day, you know, it's, right. it's certainly a few hours. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you don't shoot 90 seconds to get 90 seconds. No, look, and, and I mean, it's hard to, <laughs> well, you can if somebody is, you can if you've got an auto cue on a camera and somebody's yeah. got a scripted piece of camera that they're doing, which is exactly 90 seconds. Yeah. Bada bing, bada bang. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then we just put what we call overlay footage on top of that. But typically if you're, if you're creating a 90 second piece, then you will, yeah, you'd need to shoot for a few hours to make sure that you get everything you need. So we've yeah. just, we've just finished, um, shooting a campaign for the storm season for Power and Water Corporation here in the Territory. And um, that's a 30-second TVC mm -hmm. and we filmed from 3 o'clock in the afternoon until 9 o'clock at night, as an example. Mm. And I guess it all depends on how many moving parts, how many different locations, talent that you have and so forth. Yeah, sets, what needs to be, yeah, yeah. the whole lot. Yeah. All right, final question. So you've been running Global Headquarters for over 20 years 
you've got some stories about how the sausage is made because it doesn't always go to plan. Can you give us a story? You don't have to name names, but something that was just like, wow, like we really pulled a rabbit out of a hat to get that shot. Yeah. Do you know, and you were actually part of this one when oh. we were filming at the airport for, okay. for, a, um, for a client and we were making a series of commercials. And the airport's a place where, you know, there's lots of rules. You can't kind of film the airlines. You can't do all of these different things. No drone. No drone. There's no, um, you know, you, you really can't be filming the general public, mm. collecting their luggage and things. Mm. There's privacy issues. So, so we, were, we were creating a, a scene at the baggage, the carousel, and we had scheduled four hours to be able to do this. We got told. Oh, I remember. Oh, yes. 20 oh. minutes into it, we were told that we had half an hour. Mm. What a way to light a firecracker under your derriere. <laughs> it's just, we all just looked at each yes. other. And the, it's not that easy because you've got to have the timing of the bags coming around, when the person picks it up, when they walk away. Nightmare, let alone the camera operators and they're kind of in this movement with their cameras and is that the choreography alone was enormous. So that... So true. I remember that because we had extras mm -hmm. and the extras didn't realise, they forgot that they were being filmed. So then they started doing things. I'm like... Excuse me, could you stop doing that? We're currently trying to film this thing. Like, just, yes, so true. And then to add to that, the client had their television commercial on one of the digital displays at yes. the airport, but it was on a timer that it was only coming up every three minutes or something. Yeah. And so we needed to get the audio in time to sync, the, the, the visual, the filming, in time with the client's television commercial. In the, uh, anyway, it was, it was a symphony of, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's an example of how <laughs> weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of pre-production, weeks of meetings at the airport, and then on the day it was just, you've got half an hour. Yeah, right. Yeah, but we got it done. We got it done. Or well, you got it done. I don't know why I'm taking credit for this, but well, yeah. <laughs> you're madly running around with suitcases yeah. and everything. Yes, yeah, so I, I did all the heavy lifting, obviously. <laughs> Amazing. That was such a pleasure to chat to you, Tiffany. Thank you so much for hosting us. And yes, if anyone wants to come and record their podcast or their video, this um, is such a sweet space, um, such a sweet studio in Winelli. So thank you once again. Thanks. It was fun. Thank you. You listened right up until the end. So why not hit that subscribe button and keep the good marketing rolling? Podcast reviews are like warm hugs and they're also the best way to support a small business. You can connect with me, Mia Feilman, on Instagram or LinkedIn. And feel free to send me a message. I'm super friendly.